The following episode was filmed and recorded on the lands of the Bidjigal, Gadigal, and Wurundjeri people. Please note that this episode contains discussions of racism, anti-blackness, colonization, and genocide. Hello, welcome to yet another episode of Rakina for Your Thoughts. I am your host, Lamar Wakina, and today we have a very, very special episode. I have two guests on today so we can discuss, um, as is in the title, Blackness, Melanesian Identity, and Navigating White Supremacy in So-Called Australia. Um, Is this a far cry from previous episodes? Yes, very much so. Um, But, you know, Black Lives Matter, we're here to talk shit about white people. I'm going to get our guests to introduce themselves. We'll start with Adubi. Do you want to just give a brief introduction? Uh, yeah, I'm Adubi. Um, I'm 21. I'm um, African Pacific Islander. Um, identify, I use the pronoun she and her, and I live on your nation, on Gadigal country. Yeah, that's my little intro. Okay, and then we'll throw to Dylan. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, my name is Dylan, um, Pacific Islander, Melanesian, Black, Fijian, everything under the sun. Um, my pronouns, I'm not too good at pronouns, so it's whatever, him, he, you, pretty much anything. And um, I'm on the land of the Wurundjeri people, so thanks for having me. No worries. Um, just a bit of a disclaimer. Um, well, I'm not going to speak for my guests, but I personally am not an expert. Um, I'm like a 22-year-old dumbass that's just trying his best. So, like, don't, like, don't quote me on anything. Don't chuck me in your thesis. Um, you can follow me on Instagram, but, like, that's about it. Like, this is just a conversation between, you know, a bunch of islanders trying to add a bit more nuance to the conversation surrounding Black Lives Matter and what it means to be Black. Now we're just going to do, you know, a brief, like, crash course about our backgrounds, like where we grew up, where our families are from. Um, I'm, you know, full Papua New Guinean, very mixed Papua New Guinean. So each of my grandparents are from a different province, different village. So I grew up in PNG until I was eight, and then I moved to Fiji and lived there until I was 14, I think. Yes, until I was 13, and then we got, you know, skeeted out of there. Our visas got canceled, so that was fun. Moved back to PNG for a year and then back to Fiji to finish high school. And then I moved to, you know, so-called Australia to study, and here we are now. Adubi, what's your kind of Spark Notes version to... My Spark Notes version? Yeah. All right. Um, so to give you the important points, my family, myself, I'm um, Fijian and Ghanaian. My Fiji side of my family is from Bakondrove, um, and the Ghanaian side of my family is from Jamestown. Um, I was born in Sydney, but moved back to Fiji when I was like one, grew up there, spent my whole life there, and then moved back, moved to... Australia in 2017 for uni. Yeah. That's essentially my life. 
Um, I'm Aussie born. I moved to Fiji at 13. Um, spent six years there, so one year of primary school and I think five years of high school. Uh, my mum's from Lull. It's okay. My dad is Tongan. Uni, so he's a bit of a kilometer too. Um, I'd like to say, like, I've spent most of my time here in Australia, but I do say to people that I was raised in Fiji, even though it was for, like, only five years, because if it wasn't for Fiji, I'd probably be as wide as your background, Lamar. <laughs> um, my background has a PNG flag for our listeners, so... Um, yeah, but yeah, so um, just a small point, um, Adubi, didn't you grow up in Geneva for... <laughs> I mean, growing, growing up is a... I lived there for two years. I wouldn't say growing up there. Um, I do not remember most of it, but I mean, it was fun, cold as fuck, but you know, that was, that was an experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, sorry, didn't mean to read you. Just kidding. I did. So, um, <laughs> yeah. So moving on, um, we've all been, you know, involved in discourse surrounding, you know, Black Lives Matter, Blackness, and, you know, Pacific identity. So, like, I wanted us to also kind of go around and share our kind of experience in, you know, like that specific space when it comes to like activism, advocacy, or like social movements in general. Like, so I can start. Like, I've always been um, politically minded, but you know, growing up in Fiji, I wasn't. You know, I didn't really have the opportunity to be very political because my family wasn't Fijian. So you know. Um, the conditions of us being there were very much, you know, contingent on us, you know, behaving ourselves, you know, not rocking the boat too much. Um, and when we did do that, we kind of got deported. So second time around, you know, I was a good Christian boy doing things for Jesus and Jesus alone. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But when I, um, yeah, but when I moved to Sydney, that's when I kind of got really involved with um, activism. I got involved with a lot of protests and stuff. But similarly, because I'm not Australian, I kind of have to be on my best behavior because, you know, like I can't get myself arrested because otherwise my visa would get canceled and shit. So, um, but apart from that, I've been working as a, journalist in quotations you know like I was an editor for my uni's magazine for two years but you know um, I mean like I am a journalist I was held to journalist standards when I reported on people and people got angry but at the same time I'm still like a bit of an idiot so like calling myself a journalist sounds fake but yeah um, and I've just done a whole bunch of, I've been involved with you know Black Lives Matter here in Australia but also with a lot of queer, you know, activism and stuff and environmental activism. So yeah, um, Dylan and Adubi, feel free to jump in with, you know, your versions of that. Yeah, it's sort of, so my, 
Yeah, so just adding on to your disclaimer, I am no means the expert of anything ad advocacy, activism, anything like that. I just speak off like personal experience. So um, my two, so my family's embedded in the West Park, free West Park Ball movement um, in Australia specifically and have been for as long as I've been alive. So that was my first taste and first welcome to sort of activism work. Um, I didn't really, like, it's almost embarrassing to say, but I didn't really know I was Fiji, Fijian and didn't know what it was about being an actual Fijian until I moved to Fiji. Like mm -hmm. we were, you know, we, I grew up around doing Fijian functions and stuff like that. But, you know, I was just the black kid that was, had an Aussie twang that played football and was most of the time hanging around white friends. Right. So I was very Aussie. Um, up until, you know, the move to Fiji and then, sort of learning from there that <clears throat> we're not only Fijian, but I've also got a grandfather, me rest in peace, who's also the PM of the country and learning that whole political background in terms of, um, yeah, my, my personal family's history. So my so-called advocacy started from 2006, straight after we got deported from the coup. So that's sort of where it started since that whole, the whole coup culture and sort of trying to get, um, get it back to a, a real democracy. Um, it wasn't until I moved back after high school where I really started to, to come into my own and sort of do my research and really learn about who I was as a, a black fella in Australia. Um, and then uh, just like yourself, saw the Black Lives Matter movement, something I really connected with. Um, <clears throat> so ever since then, it's West Papua, Black Lives Matter, and advocacy work in Fiji. So that's sort of my social movement background. Um, yeah, I guess it's my turn to <laughs> contextualize myself. Um, I don't really even know where to begin. I feel like my my awareness of like my blackness started when I was like very young um, in like kindy probably because I've always been like the only well African girl in my class. Like people knew I was Fijian, but people don't really focus on that. Like, oh, you're African. Like, oh, okay. Um, and truthfully, I've repressed a lot of it because I didn't realize how like racist and fucked up shit was when I was in school. Um, but there was a lot of like, oh my God, your skin's so dark, like all that kind of shit. And I was kind of like, oh yeah, ha ha ha, whatever. Um, and then my dad and my dad's family who like kind of grew up in um, colonial, post-colonial Africa, uh, Ghana, sorry to be specific, um, was always like, you know, as you'd be like, you're a black woman, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much or half as far as anyone else. Um, and I don't think that really occurred to me until I moved to Australia um, where I actually had to kind of like see front on, you know, like what um, white supremacy was like and what racism was like. And I think um, after being here for a year and like being away from like all my family back home, 
um, is kind of when I started to switch on because I feel like there isn't really a lot of activism. I don't really know if that's the right way to word it. Like in Fiji, and that's partially because, you know, of our government and, um, but when I moved here and like, you know, you have like the Black Lives Matter movement, that's been a bit more um, vocal in the recent years. I kind of wanted to learn more and be more involved and I'm still, you know, working on it. Um, but I feel like now I've actually begun to do my own research as a person, as opposed to just kind of like sitting and talking shit. If that makes any sense. <laughs> yeah. That's actually a really good kind of segue into what I wanted to talk about next. And that is when we all kind of developed a racial awareness, if that makes sense. Like when we kind of realized that we were black, you know? Um, yeah. And just like, <clears throat> you know, on what the DV was saying about, you know, like always being the African girl, like, like I saw that shit happen, you know, like we went to the same school, we were surrounded by the same like racist assholes. Like that was, you know, shit that I very much saw go down. And, you know, it got really like, I feel like it was, I don't know, like, like correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I feel like you'd internalized so much of it that, um, like you were shocked when I was like, Adubi, you do realize I'm darker than you, right? A 100%. To this day, I still feel like I don't recognize a lot of what happened because I just kind of like swept it under the rug. Yeah, like it is, like it is so fucked because like, you know, even though we did grow up and go to school in Fiji, we were very much like the minority in like the school we went mm. to. That's like not surprising, right? Sorry to cut in, right? But hearing that, like hearing that, like it's, I'm not surprised, but I'm actually like, it's astounding that that even had like, uh, yeah, yeah, like, uh, man, that, yeah, I mean, uh, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to bag your school, but I don't. I'll do it. Fucking, go ahead. We do go it all the time. ahead. We do it all the time. Not all my brothers have graduated, so there's nothing holding me I, back. Man, I, I said like that. Actually, it's, it's actually like it makes me infuriated. Just being like, you know, fuck. Fucking. Yeah, like I'm not surprised, but to for, for that to to make it like it's, it's just you know as yeah, and that's a, like I mean that just talks about Fijian culture to be honest. This is another thing, but man, I'm sorry that I haven't like it's fucking dude. That's fucked, especially at a school like that. But obviously, it's not a surprise. But man, and I think like I don't know, like from what I noticed, it is very much like you like it wasn't just that you were like black it is that you were african as well Mm -hmm. i feel like that was a specific thing because i feel like to to this day like the whole like looking at african people through the colonial lens of like being uncivilized and like stuck in the past like is still very much present um in like all cultures like all countries and i probably didn't to this day don't really acknowledge how in my face that was and I feel like we can get into it later, but, you know, I feel like, 
part of the colonial mindset in the islands is like, you know, adopting that shitty perspective of, you know, Africa being backwards, mm. even though the same anti-blackness has been applied to us. It's just like, oh, you know, like seeing like Africa and African people as being backwards and like, like it is, you know, like I'd mentioned before, like I'm like darker than a doobie, but in the same environment, I didn't get nearly as much of the like anti-black bullshit she did. And I'm pretty sure like a part of it's because, you know, you're a woman, mm. um, you know, so many fucking layers here. Well, but do you like, reckon it was like, do you reckon it was she ignorance or do you think it was like they knew like consciously what they were doing? Like sort of trying to unpack the, the who it was coming from, do you reckon it was? Or mm. like, I mean, you know, or is it jealousy also in terms of like who your family is? Because Fijians are a lot like that, right? It's like, you know, that whole classism thing. Like, do you unpack it that way or do you just think that they knew what they were doing? I mean, I truthfully, like, I still have not unpacked it that much. I think when I was, like, younger, um, yes, coming out of ignorance, but that shit went on until I graduated, like, from kids in my class. So at, at that point, it's like, yeah, like, you know what you're doing. Um like fuck you if you want to like sit there and be racist but yeah 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 and it is uh i don't know like you know like i don't want to compare our experiences too much because like you know i would it is like whenever i was like in fiji i was always a png boy you know so like like you know those are dimensions i dealt with that, you know, a doobie didn't and vice versa, right? Because of those different backgrounds. Um, but yeah, it is like, you know, like I brought, like it's so fascinating to me, like, because my racial awareness didn't really hit until I moved to Sydney, you know? And that's because like, even though I lived in like, um, Fiji after I'd moved away from PNG I always felt like I was surrounded by people that looked like me even if I didn't go to school with a lot of people that looked like me like in my everyday in my day to day I just saw people that looked like me so like when I moved here I was like oh shit you know like people are treating me differently and like I kn- like I knew it like um, like the the, the example I always, you know, used to tell, you know, to tell my family when I went back for the first time was like, oh, like no one sits next to me on the bus, you know, which is like such like fucked up, you know, like segregation vibes. But it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, even when the bus is packed and the people are standing, like no one would take the empty seat next to me. And like it was then when I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm a black man. Mm You know, and, you know, and I feel like I didn't have the same um, kind of, I don't know, like awareness that Adubi, you mentioned you got from your family, like on your dad's side. Like, I literally had to ask my mom if I was black, you know, 
I remember doing that as a teenager. I was just like, oh, mom, like, are we black? And this was like when the Black Lives Matter movement started. So like, it ha- I think like it started in 2013. So I was like 15 at the time, which is like super late to be like, hey, like what race am I? But I was just like, oh, mom, like I'll be black. And she just looked at me. She's like, yeah, obviously. But because I lived in like predominantly black communities, like that wasn't a necessary thing for me to like identify with. Like I was all like when I whenever whenever oh my tongue isn't working. Whenever I was in um, Fiji, I was always you know the PNG boy, the Papua New Guinean boy. And then when I when I was in PNG, I was oh the Fiji boy, and that's just like you know, and like because I'm so mixed because I'm from so many different like ethnic groups within PNG. A lot of Papua New Guineans assume I'm Fijian because they can't place me. Mm-hmm. Because like I have so many like mixed features, like um, you know, like I have a New Island skin tone. I have like Manus hair. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert, listeners. I'm from Manus. You know, fucking come for me. Um, but yeah, I have like Manus hair. I have like you know, like a central build, like so many different things. So like when people look at me, they don't place me. So they're just like, oh, he's Fijian, you know? And because I lived in Fiji and I kept going home, that just like added to it. So like my family started calling me Fiji boy. So like I never, like, like growing up, I had this like identity crisis, but like it was more of like, like it wasn't really to do with race but more to do with like where i came from so like when i moved to sydney and like i kind of got like hit in the face with all of that i was like oh shit you know like i remember my first year i was like you know like fucking hipster i was going to the sydney tea festival and like i was walking with like my headphones in and then this guy stopped me in the street and then he, and you know, I hate talking to people, let alone people I don't know. So I tried to ignore him, but he just like was insistent on like having a conversation with me. Mind you, this is a stranger, stops me. And then he like motions for me to take my headphones out. And I do. And he's just like, oh, are you African-American? Out of nowhere. And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, do you play basketball? And I was like, no. You know, for the listeners, I'm like six foot eight. So I get that question a lot. And then he points at my headphones and he's like, oh, are you listening to hip hop music? And I was like, what the, like, like the whole like racial thing, I never really like understood until I came here. Like I, I always knew racism was a thing, but I didn't really understand where I fit in that entire context until I moved here. Um, so yeah, sorry. Um, like Dylan, what, what was your kind of, you know, racial awareness like journey? Like I, I, became, I, I knew I was different at nine. So, um, so I grew up so on the Southeast, 
of Melbourne, right? So this, that was the first house I remember moving to, and that's before. Um, so now, so now the southeast is heavily Pacific Islanders ethnic communities. Mm-hmm. We we moved at the start of that sort of mass migration to that area, so it was still very bogan and white, but. I, didn't, I became racially aware when um, a, t- a teammate in nine football um, started making monkey noises. Right now, I didn't. I, I I'll admit I didn't know what racism was. I didn't know any. I didn't know the terms for it. Um, the second instance was when a mother of an opposition team. We were walking off game to finish, walked up to my parents and asked for my birth certificate. Like, and that's no exaggeration, right? And she literally asked in front of everybody walking off, your son can't be, we, we, we want to check his birth certificate because he, you know, he seemed, he, I don't know if he's playing in an older grade, but like he looks very much older than he is, right? Um, so I, I've always been sort of racially I, from that I, I knew I was different um, so from that moment on I was I became very nervous around like white people and always having to do what unfortunately like a lot of people do here now in Australia is they sort of like change the way they act in front of people or they dim down who they are to sort of like you don't want to come across as being that black person it's like going to hurt you and like playing to those stereotypes. Um, and then we had another example, great example was we had a uh, New Year's Eve, I think I was what, 11, two years before we moved to Fiji, where I think the rule was you can't make noise after midnight. Now we went over just a little bit, but uh, we had neighbors literally come out of their houses as if they had pitchforks and were wearing, and literally told everybody and was yelling at my parents that you guys need to go back to where you're from. Like, this is, you know, we're trying to sleep here, blah, blah, blah. Like, you fucking shouldn't be making noise. Uh, Like, what's the matter with you people? Like, you know, and I'm around, we've got four families that I grew up with. We're all still brothers and sisters. We're all little kids standing outside in the middle of, like, it's 12.30, 1 o'clock, and we've literally got six families around us telling us to shut up and literally go back to where we're from. Like, so, yeah, that's sort of my racially awakening of, of understanding, okay, who I thought I was as an Aussie, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't never going to be that to these people. I'll always be judged off my skin, t- skin colour and, like, you know, the way we looked. So yeah, that was from nine to nine years old to twelve. So yeah, it was like four years of of heavy shit, and you know I don't wish that on any fucking nine year olds, let alone yeah. But, but yeah, so that's that's my introduction to be, becoming racially aware. Yeah, um, yeah. So for all the listeners, you know, really fun shit to experience. But yeah, like. Oh, yeah, that's all so fucked up. And, you know, I think... I think it's... I don't know. I personally think it's really... um, 
like interesting how like different our experiences were because of like the different areas we grew up, you know? Like I feel like like if I I feel like if I did grow up, you know, in Australia, I'd probably have, you know, a similar experience um to you Dylan just because like I do have family members here in Australia that did grow up and just oh yeah and I don't know like before we kind of you know try to get into like white supremacy and shit like I wanted to just briefly touch on like how we you know balance I guess like being black as well as like our ethnic and cultural backgrounds right so um you know like i you know i felt like i had a you know like i had my you know racial awareness moments so much later than the both of you you know and i feel like it's you know it's just because of you know the fact that i did grow up in you know predominantly like black spaces so i it wasn't necessary for me to like be confronted with white supremacy that acutely until you know I was surrounded by white people um but yeah and you know for you know for most of my life my like my racial identity never really was a thing like it took a backseat to like my own cultural identity So like I was like I'd always been like a pop new guinean like that's who I was that's how I identified and you know when I moved to Australia you know I was pop new guinean and I was black you know um and then obviously like indigenous as well when I started to you know try to decolonize all the shit I was programmed to believe growing up so I wanted to ask the both of you what you know that experience is like navigating you know your blackness with you know the cultural backgrounds that you guys come from so what do we do on the kind of jump in first um i i think at the moment mine is still very much between like okay um i'll try to explain it better like whenever like people ask me where i'm from like and i'm like oh yeah i'm ghanian i'm fijian as well they're like oh but like which one like do you pick which one do you side with more and i'm always like like neither like both like i'm both <laughs> of these identities like i come from both of these places um and so i feel like for a long time people were always like okay but you're like you know your dad's african so you're african like this whole like patriarchal thing whatever um and then like even like my mom's family and like you know they're all like indigenous like it's okay as well but they're like oh yeah dude but you're like you're an african woman like you have to represent like your dad's family all this stuff and i've always just been like yes but like i'm i'm both like i never i personally have never felt this like battle between having to pick one of my like ethnic backgrounds um i feel like here in australia i've i think i'm definitely being pushed a bit more to learn more about where i come from because like truthfully there's still a lot i have to learn like particularly like involving like cultural practices and stuff but i don't know i i feel like my biggest thing is people trying to put me in a box 
do me this kind of thing right now. I'm really not here for that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. That's what my experience is like at the moment. What about you, Dylan? So, um, so yeah, like I, I totally agree. I, I, I can totally um, relate to that. So, mine is a is a little different because my parents never never actually sat me and my brothers down and told us that you know we will be treated differently. We we never had that that so that understanding racism talk. So yeah, I was racially aware, but I didn't understand the 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 actual the background of it as to why. They never told us why. Um and we actually just recently had this conversation with my old man. Like I actually said something like, you know, why didn't you sit us down and sort of introduce us and sort of educate us on this um and there was a little bit of of uh of guilt with him but he also said i wanted you guys to sort of learn it on your own um and i said uh, uh, my and my thing in, in relating to, to the actual what we're talking about is if i had understood that i wouldn't have had such a identity crisis so for a long time i was I, I called myself I'm an Aussie who happens to be have a, have a Fijian mum and parents. Um, so a lot of my growing up was uh, you know I don't really I, I just identify with being Aussie just because I was born here. Um, it didn't really come until I moved to Fiji, where I started to sort of come into my own and say okay I'm really proud of now where I'm from, but then being told by Intel Keys that uh, you're not Fijian. Like you're just you've got Fijian parents, you're you're Australian. And then having to sort of not only navigate trying to tell Aussies that yeah, I am an Aussie too, I just look different and am different, but then having to explain to Fijians and like my family, like, no, I am Fijian and sort of that's I, I had a I had a major identity crisis in terms of trying to find out who I was. So um my journey now at least over like the last 10 years, is coming into the story late. So I'm still trying to to comb through all that sort of um, and discover more things. So I, in terms of like who I don't identify, I am a Fijian. So I love it. I don't, I don't need to call myself an Aussie anymore. Like we're just, I am what I am. And... That's why I said earlier, like, if it wasn't for Fiji and those five or six years, I'd be that Aussie white dude that's, like, a real bogan and, you know, mm. loves Victoria Bitter and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, very proud of the Southern Cross. Like, I, I you know, but, um, so, yeah, I... That's you know, sort of trying to figure out. I'm still trying to figure out exactly not who I am, but where I come from and that whole background as well. I have a question for you, Dylan. If that's okay, yeah. um, you you because you just made me think. Like I have heaps of family here, um, that like you know my from my mom's generation, like they moved over and then mm -hmm. all their kids have grown up here. 
Um, and you just made me think about this like identity crisis that I'm having kind of within my identity as well, which is like, so when I moved back um, to Sydney in 2017, and like I'd like, hang out with my cousins, uh, hang out with my cousins, and so on. They'd always be like, um, when we talk about when they talk about family, if I would like come over to work for a real, they'd be like, oh my god, like he's such a freshie, like all about all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and I'd be like, oh, what do you mean? And they're like, oh, you're like freshie, like they're fresh out from Fiji, like you're kind of a freshie, but you're not because you went to a white school, so like you're not like really Fiji. You know what I mean? And I'd be like. I like I I can't even begin to comprehend what you're saying like I this this whole idea of like going to or like growing up in a white place so like mm. Sydney or going to a white school like ISS whatever like suddenly discounts what it means to be Fijian but then you bag on people who are right out of Fiji right out of Fiji whatever that means and so I just wanted to know if you ever like kind of had that because I feel like even to today heaps of my cousins are still kind of very like <sighs> anti-fob if that's the right way to say it yeah yeah like you know I had to I had to tell Aussie mates or, or, or try and prove to them like when I was growing up that I'm an Aussie get the Fiji I've got to not only prove that I being an Aussie and I was born there, but I'm actually also Fijian, right? And going to school at Grandma, where it is predominantly Italke and constantly being bagged for like the way I speak, you know, and sort of that whole thing and trying to unpack that. But then um, my dad's Tongan, never knew his, his old man. Um, he knows he knows his, his dad's family and all of that, and we've been to Tonga a couple of times. But then it's also trying to tell, you know, because of the way, you know, you sort of identify with who your father is, that line, that whole line. So previously when I've had to, when I've, like, speaking with Tongan mates and whatnot, like, they know my last name and where my family is from in Tonga, but they also don't call me Tongan. They call me Fijian. So like I'm literally stuck in the pie where it's like okay well I can't be Thailand can't be Aussie can't be Fijian what, what mm-hmm. the fuck am I so I'm constantly getting bagged but yeah like um, did you say that your friends were sort of like against the whole fresh out of the boat thing and constantly yeah um, like I I'm trying to figure out how to explain it better but like whenever like we all hang out as a family like it's it's, it's, it's weird. Like, they'll ask me about what it's like to live in Fiji and what about, like, what things are like in Fiji. But at the same time, they're like, oh, but you, like, went to a white school. You don't speak Fijian that fluently as is. So, like, you're not really Fijian. And to discredit that, that, whole, that whole experience just because of what I Yeah. Can, can I just jump in a bit? I feel like, like, I've definitely seen this. Definitely seen this. I don't think this is you know, exclusive to, you know, Fijians that grew up here. I see this in a lot of Papua New Guineans that grew up here as well. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a part of, you know, just like growing up being so like acutely exposed to white supremacy that you want any way to get closer to it, you know, because that makes like that, you know, like that gives you better treatment, you know, like at the end of the day, you're still black, but at least you're not like you're not that black because you went to a white school, you grew up in a white city, you know stuff like that. So I feel like 
you know, people with that background that, you know, are, you know, have Islander parents, Islander families, but grew up in, you know, Australia or whatever, or in white communities, are just like torn between trying to get closer and closer to whiteness in any way they can, while also feeling this kind of, I don't think nostalgia is the right word, but like, like a sense of like longing for like what could have been if they had grown up surrounded by their people. Yeah. So like, I personally know who I am, right? So me like claiming that. So there's, in terms of like people or fellow Fijians bagging me or et cetera, et cetera. Like, as long as I know who I am and like what I own my own stuff and my experiences, I sort of let that whole thing just fly over the top because it's like, well, you're probably just insecure about yourself. Whereas you're not also going to tell me that my experience just because it was different to yours. Like, and I, and I get, I get that from friends here. Right. So I was lucky enough to be in a, a middle-class, you know, family in Fiji that was, you know, so I didn't have to worry about where food was coming from. So I still also had to, to, to sort of um, justify my growing up in Fiji because they said, oh, well, you know, but you're, you know, you weren't like living in the village. I was like, well, had, like, that still doesn't take away the experience and what, like, I had to go through. That doesn't make me an English Fijian and it makes you. Like, you don't need to be living in a fucking teacup hut, right, to to be able to claim the term being Fijian. So, yeah, like, it's shit, but I, I mean, I just, I know who I am. So it's like, I sort of got past that when I realised, okay, well, fuck you, fuck you. I don't need to justify myself anymore to anybody. This is who I am. So a lot of you guys think I can get fucked for all I care. So, um, yeah, I just found it, but that comes from people that just think they're superior to other people. Even and it, Oh, my God. But it literally is people, it, it's people in your family. Right. Yeah. Um, like there was um, this particular incident, I think like last year, the year before, we were all like flying back for like one of my cousin's 21st birthdays. Um, and this particular like set of like cousins in my family um, like went out and like bought like a shit ton of new clothes and like new outfits and shit, like just to go back to Fiji and flex. And they were like, oh yeah, like I want people to know I'm like Aussie Fiji. And I was like, I hope you know that no one gives a shit. Like, no one gives a fuck. And I, like, I just, like, this this whole idea of having to, like, assimilate so hard, even when you go back home, is, like, beyond me. Like, I've never understood the need to do that. Maybe that's because, like, I grew up in Fiji, and so I've always been like, yeah, I'm Fijian, and what about it? Uh, and their experience might be different because they grew up in Sydney. But, like, that whole experience is, like, absolutely wild to me. To this day, I don't. Yeah, get I it. don't get it either. Like I, I'm, like some of my, like my brothers and like my sisters, like that. Like at least mm. I can sense that when she goes back, you know, let's go get all the champion gear. Let's go get like <laughs> sort of, you know what I mean, to to sort of make yeah. yourself look different. Was well, like, excuse me, you just catch the bus with no shoes, fucking, and walk home. Like stop, like you know. <laughs> but that's sort of her own battle that she's got to come to. But yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I think I don't get that. 
That's so fascinating yeah. to hear because like I'm the complete opposite. You know, um, this is completely detracting from like what we were going on about before, but like, you know, I, you know, obviously I feel like it's like a queer thing, you know, like going back home, like, like half my wardrobe, like I cannot pack, you know, like cannot, like the shit I wear back home, unrecognizable, <laughs> you know, like I don't look like that. And I am... Um, yeah, but yeah, that's a really interesting point. Um, but yeah, sorry, tangent. But I think, you know, I have a very similar experience to that in, you know, like I, I tend to be really lazy when people here ask me where I'm from. So I just tell them like I'm from Fiji because Fiji has two syllables and Papua New Guinea has too many. So because of that, like, I'm just like, oh, I'm from Fiji because it's short. But like, you know, because I'm so mixed, even when I'm back home, it's just like, I don't know where I fit, you know? And it's not just that I grew up overseas, not just that I live overseas, but because I'm so mixed, like I've, you know, hardly ever met any of the Papua New Guineans that are just as mixed as I am, you know? At most, they're from, like, two different provinces. I'm from, like, four. So, you know, when um, people in PNG ask me, oh, like, where are you from? Then I'm like, okay, do I list all four? Or do I just... So, like, you know, I ha- like I just tell people, like, I'm from Manus because, you know, that's where my grandfather's from. And he raised me. So that's what, like, the culture I, d- I identify with most. But if, you know... A New Islander person just like, oh, you blow it. I'm like, oh, you know, KVN, like in New Island, you know, because it's just like, oh, like establishing a connection or whatever. And even because I did go to school in PNG as a teenager and like that shit was rough because like, you know, I like I've always talked like this. So everyone was like, oh, you sound like a white man anyway. Um, you know, my dad gave me shit about it growing up. He was like, oh, you sound like a white man. You can't even speak pigeon. And I'm like, bitch, that's your fault. You're the one up in this bitch not speaking anything but English. Of course, I'm only going to know how to speak English. Anyway, thanks for listening, dad. But like, like, they'd give me shit for sounding white, whatever the fuck that means. And then by like not being X enough, like I wasn't Manus enough because I've never been to the village. And that is because to fly to Manus, I had to catch two planes and then be hop on a fucking boat for eight hours. And, you know, my mom, like one, you know, like lost her dad super early on. So she can't just like go back home because of like cultural reasons or whatever. And also that journey is like super expensive. So we can't just do that. Um, and like, I haven't been to any of my other three villages because, you know, like two of those villages, my family has beef with. So, you know, no choice there. And like the other one, you know, that is like super expensive and I couldn't go. And we now have beef with them too. So I can't go anymore. So like, you know, even then it's like, it's, you know, it was always like superficially, you're not Papua New Guinean enough because you sound white and you grew up in Fiji. But after that, it's like, oh, you're not Manus enough. You're not, you know, Kaviang enough. You're not central enough. Like all of this shit. 
you know, people policing how I identify. And so, like, growing up, I was always, like, trying to, like, be like, oh, like, do I choose one? Do I take all four? Like, what, like, what am I doing? So when I was, like, thrown into, like, the, you know, the environment here in Sydney, like, I didn't have the space to do that anymore because, like, that was all pushed to the side because everyone's like, oh, we don't care. You're black now, you know? I, f- I find it, like, it, I mean, I can only speak for myself, but I, f- I find that with me only, like, actually came from the people I thought, were, like, I, I, like, I called family, right? Like, it came more from the actual people that I identified with. If was the the policing of that, right? So when I when I sort of like became into my own except like I because I didn't need to justify who I was to Aussies and like they they you know basically oh yeah you're you're the black fella okay sweet right so and then the discussions also where are you actually from blah 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 so then I can educate that way whereas like with my own culture and people that's I get exhausted trying to explain that. Oh, uh, you know, I'm Tongan, but you know, I'm Fijian. But then you know, you don't also call me Fijian. So then, like, I've got to explain like where I was from. Like, I find it more exhausting to explain that to actual people that I think are the same as me and know who I am, yeah. than actually to white people because they just see me as a black fella that lives in Australia that happens to have an Aussie like. So I've got over the fact that it, I don't need to justify it with them. Where it's like straight off the bat. Whereas with everyone else, I'm like, fuck. Like, really? Like, what are you trying to tell me now? Like, I'm the same as you. And it's just, yeah, it, it's frustrating, actually. Yeah. Like people constantly try to discredit your identity at different levels, um, mm-hmm. unfortunately. It's very tiring. Yeah, I think, like, I'm, like, I'm pretty lucky with my family. that You know, like, the only shit I got was from my dad. Like, for a while, he used to call me white boy a lot. Um, which, you know, fucks with you on so many levels. Um, um, since becoming an adult, I've put him in his place. You know, um, I've been like, okay, that is super fucked up. Like I, literally, like, I sat my parents down and I was just like, you know, because of this, you've given me an identity crisis that I now need to navigate my way through. And then, you know, our, like, our relationship's super good, you know. Um, they're like, oh yeah, sorry we did that. I'm like, you know what? That's fine. You know, you guys were fucking kids when you had me, so like, (laughs) you know, you were idiots. I don't expect better. Um, but yeah, so like, and I also think I come from like really proud families. Yeah, I hear you on that. So like, they like they want to like claim me, you know. Like, they're just like, oh, no, you're one of us, you know? Like, at the end of the day, like, I'd always get snide comments or whatever, like, um, but, you know, like, what, like from relatives, like, if I said something or if I did something, they'd be like, oh, you know, um, you, like, uh, like uh, so I'm trying to, like, translate in my head, but they'll be like, Oh, you stop lo- like you stop lo Fiji, but um, but you man PNG. So it's like you live in Fiji, but you're Papua New Guinea, mm-hmm. and like they do like so like they that would be, like, 
yeah so like that would be like from distant relatives but like from like my, my closer family it's always like oh like like oh like like you're a kbang boy too you know so it wasn't so much a policing thing it was just like oh don't forget where you come from you know and like that was like driven super hard into my brother and i because like my dad has six siblings and he moved to Fiji and his brother moved to Perth but everyone else was still in Port Moresby so like my brother and i and our cousin in Perth we were like the only outsiders you know we were the only people that grew up outside of Moresby so like when we came back our family would be like super excited to have us back and be like oh like even though you live there like don't forget you're one of us too so like i feel like i had a like a more positive experience with my family it wasn't really like like a policing thing or trying to discredit whatever it was more so like oh like don't forget us like we're part of you too you know um i love how like the first two sections have like tripled in how much time we were going to spend on them um but you know we're going to do something super easy now which is australia's legacy of white supremacy like i think we've had a really good discussion so far but i wanted to kind of like recontextualize it on like the stolen land we're all on you know mm. so um yeah so cuz it's really like i'm only speaking for myself here but it's really like interesting like being black but not being aboriginal on like aboriginal soil you know because like i'm red as a black man here so like i obviously face a lot of like fucked up racist shit you know like i've had like really shitty experiences with the police and like i live in like some like bullshit white upper class neighborhood so like the you know like the police is never here but apparently when they are they know where i am so you know fun shit mm. but um like i wanted to ask you guys what it's like because you know at the end of the day even though like we are indigenous people and we are black people we're still settlers on you know this colony mm-hmm. so like i wanted to kind of get your thoughts on what that's like and navigating like all of these fucked layers of like white supremacy on like in so called australia if if you i i always said to friends if you want to know how bad white supremacy is in australia start with the national anthem it's literally written in there Mm. like that'll give you an introduction of how like Australians wanted to keep this place as white as possible and then you can delve into the Australian white policy and then the Pacific Islanders Labor's Act and then all that other shit but yeah I I always just um if you want to learn about white supremacy in Australia it's literally in the fucking anthem you know what's super fucked up when I when I went when I was in high school in PNG oh I can't even believe I'm saying this like our poetry unit in english we analyze the australian na- national anthem in papua new guinea <laughs> a former australian colony we're just like oh you know what sick poetry to analyze 
the song of our oppressors, bitch. Like, <laughs> like what the fuck? Like, I, it, I just remembered now when you, like, brought up the anthem mm. that I literally had to highlight that shit and be like, oh, this is a metaphor. <laughs> Bullshit. But yeah, um, Ajibi, what are your kind of, like, thoughts on, like, like, balancing being, like, black and indigenous as well but also being a settler i my god i don't even know where to begin um i i feel like the one thing that struck out to me the most over like the recent like last two years has been how like apathetic it's made people like including myself like i don't excuse myself from that um but like i remember like one of the first lectures I had last year, um, the, the specific topic was on like um, indigenous affairs and like the environment. And the guy who gave the lecture came in and was like, can anyone in this room name like what country we're on? And like a room full of people, nobody could name it. Like not a single person, like including myself. And I hold myself accountable for that. Um, and he was like, that is literally like how this system has set up this country so we completely erase indigenous identity as it is and we only use it in like a token in a tokenizing sense um and then like, we went on to analyze like a bunch of stuff and i was kind of sitting there and i was like like fuck like i really don't actually take the time to educate myself on like aboriginal australian country here and like as much as i talk about myself and how proud i am to be like indigenous Fijian, I don't pay that same respect and acknowledgement like to indigenous people in this country when I'm a settler here as well. Um, and then this year I'm doing my honors thesis on like indigenous like fire management and like the bushfire crisis. And I have like a little bit like a section on how fucked Australia has been to Aboriginal people and like just writing it and thinking the fact that I've, the only reason I'm writing about it is because I have to for this topic, not because I should have done it on my own in the first place. It's like been really confronting to me. Um, and also been really fucked. It's like this country does fuck all when it comes to educating people on how brutal and like the genocide that they caused as well. I'm, I'm the same as you. I, like, I, I, it wasn't until I moved back where I was like, fuck, like, it's embarrassing that you actually don't know this stuff. Mm. So, like my my um, my introduction to oh, not introduction, but my connection to the indigenous people was through football. So, I played with a lot of Aboriginal players. So, through them, I learnt, you know, sort of their <clears throat> their experiences and their culture. And then also having friends that are, you know, Indigenous as well. So, like, but it's not as deep. And I I, I felt exactly, I was embarrassed that, like, like, mate, you're, like, fucking, you've been here since you were three. Or, like, you were born here. But then again, I can honestly say from all of primary school to the first two years of high school, did not learn anything in the education, like, about the whole struggle and the background mm. and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, it's completely, and I agree with you, Australia has tried to coat over that part 
of history and they want to celebrate the good things about what they do for the Indigenous people and how they've, you know, they've got role models and like, you know, all this stuff, but they also don't, they completely try and get away from the fact like, oh yeah, by the way, we murdered and misplaced and kidnapped and took away and stole an entire generation just so that we could profit off their their fucking backs. Mm-hmm. And Australia, I, 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 I will be fair in saying that I've, I personally have always thought Australia is the best multicultural nation in the world, right, just off my experience. But they won't become, they won't surpass anybody else until they actually own their own history. And it just shows in, like, the ignorance now you see with white people. Like, mm-hmm. I worked... I I got someone fired from work because when this whole Adam Goods thing happened, so I, I he coached me. I, I I know who he is. My colleague said, and I quote, "They need to get over it. They lost in in a this is in like we're in work like at the office, and we were having this discussion like over a coffee in the morning. But quote for quote, he said." They just need to get over it. If they lost, like, we give them enough money. Oh, my God. Oh, my Now, oh. yeah, right? So, that's... <laughs> so, yeah, it's either me, like, losing my job because I've just hit him or completely, like, just realising yours. It's not just the ignorance, it's the arrogance, too. Like, the fact that white Aussies here say they're not racist but they really are because they don't even though you're quiet and say oh well you know i'm not but they really like it's just something that they they just won't own and i don't think they'll ever own it i feel like a big problem with that is because like i mean not just in australia but i feel like people tend to think of racism as like either you're not racist or you are and it's like you have to be overtly, directly racist to someone to be that. Like, nobody really takes into, into consideration, like, um, microaggressions or, like, casual racism, things like that. And they just kind of, like, put that under the rug. Yeah, and it's like that whole thing of, it's like, oh, well, I've got a black friend, so how can I be racist? Yeah. Right? They try and cover it up with all these stupid fucking things. It's like, yeah, no. Nah. Sorry, but that, that, that just doesn't clear you of being racist. Or having racist thoughts, or like behind closed doors talking about, you know, people of color in like that way. Just because I'm your mm-hmm. friend doesn't mean that you fucking clear the hell no. Yeah, like it's. I don't know. I feel like the only reason why I'm so like, like I not so I'm as in tune with like, you know like recognizing that I am on stolen land is because of how like deeply involved I am with activism, right? And it's like, and like the best example is, you know, I used to be super, super, super involved with campus life at uni. Um, You know, I was like the managing editor for the magazine. I was like president, vice president of all these clubs and like, Every single time I had a meeting or I chaired a meeting, I did an acknowledgement of country. And the fact that, you know, 
no one like no one else did that you know and like because you know like not to sound wanky but like i was always like in these leadership positions i just assumed everyone did it because i did it right but then once i went into a meeting and then we started and i was like oh are we going to do an acknowledgement of country the president literally looked at me and was like oh no we don't do that and Oh my god. Yeah. And like she was Fijian too, so love that for us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but like it is yeah, so you know, I'm not saying that activists here are really good with indigenous issues because they're fucking not, but they're much better than the average Australian is. Mm. So because of like all the protests I went to and like all of this stuff I did online and interacting with the people I did online, like I started to be like cognizant of the fact that I was a settler, you know? And like, you know, as someone who like ticks so many fucking diversity boxes, you know, it's really easy to be like, oh, like fucking everything sucks. And like it does. But that doesn't, but that shouldn't stop me from recognizing the privilege that I have to be able to be on stolen land, you know? And it is, you know, like activism kind of helped me get my foot in the door because, you know, I can say this now that I've been doing it for years. So many activists, like, uh, like, expert virtue signalers, you know, they're like, oh, we, you know, we're here, we're fighting for indigenous rights, blah, blah, blah. And then they do the acknowledgements of country and then they make speeches about how they're on stolen land. But then they go around and like, in practice, just do the most colonizer shit imaginable, Mm -hmm. you know? So like, I'm by, you know, no means saying that activists, like activists here, specifically like, leftists here are really good with indigenous issues because they're not because fucking like at invasion day you know like mob like organizers for the rally reached out to fucking socialist alternative or whatever the fuck they're called and we're just like hey we know you guys are wankers so please we're letting you know a month in advance this is a day of mourning for us so don't come in flyer and try to sell shit they're like oh we hear you but we're gonna do it anyway so like these like white ass colonizers when i got there were trying to sell me magazines for their fucking marxist talks and i was just like you're so fucking like you're literally perpetuating Mm -hmm. the systems you're claiming to want to dismantle so um but yeah yeah salt Fuck salt. I hate them. Yeah. <laughs> really Fuck y'all, honestly. I just... I don't like how... I, I've just always been annoyed with how... Um, like, white people and organisations and the entire system... Just think, like, they try and celebrate that... We do this, like, that whole... You know, we we do we're leading in the indigenous enrollments for kids like at a uni or like we're doing the most in the, like I, it's just it's one of those things where like yeah it's okay to like don't don't live in that like you can't just pick them up because they're and they add to your stats and you get an award for it like 
rather than do that, actually, why don't you go into the actual communities and invest and actually, you know, do something rather than just only bringing them up when it's good for you and your organisation mm-hmm. or like your corporation or it makes you so, it makes you like you look good just because you're standing next to someone who's getting an award who happens also to be Indigenous. Like, it's, yeah. It's bugged. I feel like that's such a problem with, with allyship. Um, like, people try to, like, voice the cause and, like, talk about how they're in solidarity, but they don't actually let, like, Indigenous people lead the conversation. They just kind of, it's a very, like, paternalistic kind of thing that I've noticed, unfortunately. It's very shitty. Like, I work in education, right? So, but because I work in the, in the, um, the policy space, and I see a lot of the stuff that comes from, you know, these different training organisations. It's like, you know, one department says we're going to give these people an award because they enrolled 40 Indigenous people and got a 90% completion rate. Like, stuff like that, it's not something to, like, I don't know how to say it, but it's, it's insulting that you guys are giving, like, it, it, yeah, do you know what? I'm, I don't know how to say it, but it's, yeah, it's, it's just, like, like they're like they're patting themselves on the back for doing the bare fucking minimum. Yeah, you know, and it's to the, it's for their own good. But like you're not actually you don't actually care about them or that community. It's because you look good in front of your white investors and all these other fucking mm-hmm. people that you're helping them. And it's like, like what do you think? Like they're the biggest that are on the street that you want a photo with just because you're giving them like fifty cent. Like yeah, I. It's, yeah, it's fine. Hello, hi. This isn't an ad. This is a wellness check. This is me checking in on you. Have you had something to drink today? Have you had something to eat today? Have you gotten up? Have you stretched? Have you taken your medication? Just wanted to check in. Just drink some water. Drink some water. Please, dear God, drink some water. Have I had any water to drink today? No, absolutely not. But this is about you, not about me. Anyway, back to the show. Drink water. Like, one thing I've noticed is a lot of activists here or people that are trying to get into activists activism here are trying to like copy and paste what's happening in America to like what's happening here. Um, And like the best example is using like the BIPOC labels, like black indigenous people of color, like, you know, that, you know, five letter acronym and, you know, so many first nations at like people and activists and educators I've just been like, don't fucking use that shit here, you know? Mm. Like, that doesn't fit in an Australian context. Um, and and I, I don't know, I just feel like there's such a poor understanding of, like, the history of what actually happened on this continent. You know, like, um, you know, I all the learning I did about like what's happened here and like how 
like colonization continues to happen here. Like all of that, I had to learn in my own free time, you know? Like that is stuff that I had to teach myself because, you know, even though I'm, you know, enrolled in quote unquote, one of the best universities in Australia, whatever the fuck, like, like I didn't know any of this. Mm -hmm. Like all they do is, you know, put acknowledgements of country at the bottom of all their websites. And when they have a huge launch event, they bring an elder in to do a welcome to country. But like, like, then what? Yeah. Then what? You know, I think that's the big problem as well. Like a lot of, I don't want to say a lot of people, but people who hop on like the movements and like, will share a post on their story things like that will never ask the then what question. Like it stops at the bare minimum because people think that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. And I feel like, you know, like this is me kind of like trying to shift the conversation in a different direction now. But like, I feel like it's really important that, you know, we show solidarity to like first nations people here because like it is like like for me personally it is literally only because white people didn't feel like it that i'm you know like that like my people weren't colonized the same way indigenous people to this continent were like fucking queensland in the 1880s tried to annex like a massive section of Papua New Guinea, well, what's now Papua New Guinea, that, you know, half my family's from, you know? And like, they wanted to do that just so they could make black birding easier. And it is only because, like, because back then Australia was a British colony, and it is only because, like, the fucking, you know, British government was like, oh, don't do that. Like, people are already telling us we're treating Black people like shit, so maybe let's not. And Queensland, like, tried to do it anyway, but then, you know, the, um, but then they didn't succeed. So, like, it's, like, it's pure chance that, you know, I don't have colonizers fucking, like, exploiting my, like, soil and, like, like putting their institutions, you know, into like the country that I was like, you know, born on the same way they're doing to people here, even though they're doing it in different ways. Like, and it's, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but I just feel like there should be so much more solidarity, at least between our communities and like the First Nations people here. Totally agree. Because, yeah, and it's, I don't know, I feel like, you know, like, Dawn, you mentioned West Papua. That was, for me, like, one of the first, like, issues that I really became, in like, knowledgeable about. Because, you know, I'm Papua New Guinean. So, like, West Papua, like, growing up, it is just like, oh, there are people, you know. So, you know... 
I, I like I just feel like so many islanders are putting all this energy into like free West Papua. And like and I feel like we need to keep that energy for like indigenous people on this continent. Because like like fucking like Taurus like Taurus Strait Islanders are pretty like you know, are so culturally and ethnically similar to, like, me, to where my mom's mom is from, you know, to where my dad's dad is from. Like, they're, like, our people, but, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on this, like, to the both of you? Like, I I mean, I, I... I, it does need to. Um, I think it comes back to education. Is like, I think if people are made aware of it a lot sooner, um, then they may be able to build that connection, um, and not just ride off the back of a hashtag or, you know, like I've got, you know, that whole thing of, oh well, I'm just going to go march just because my black friends are going to march, right? Um, like, I admittedly, I, I I don't know enough to sort of speak on it, but I, I, I it needs to come back to some sort of education where it's like, okay, these people here are, you know, one of, I think they're one of the oldest living cultures in the world that everyone needs to know about, but you also need to know about this struggle and why it's just as important as your other movements that you're aware of and start like relating everything back to, and I don't mean this in a, in a, in a, in, a, in, in, in terms of any criticism, but the BL, the, the Black Lives Matter movement, it's really good for this time that we're in, but I know a lot of people turned up to like here anyway to the march in in Melbourne because of that even though it was tabled around the indigenous people's struggle and mass incarceration and the 437 deaths to public you know to to police like so I, I think people need to be educated on it but I also think it comes back to how this country is set up and how they try and dismiss the bad history, hence why people don't bother to consciously go out and learn about it, whereas they're more comfortable with, like, understanding, okay, I know at the, at the top of the cake what it is, but it's too heavy for me and I don't want to get into the actual begin to eat it all because it's like I just, it's not, I'd rather just be at the top, have the icing, um, but then they're more willing to be involved in movements that don't affect Australia, like West Papua, which is great. Mind you, this isn't a, you know, West Papua, Black Lives Matter movement, all of that sort of stuff, because they try and run away from their own country's history or, the, you know, in terms of where they're living. So, um, yeah, it's a two-edged sword. Yeah, I think, people, I think people like, or maybe not like, but find that distance convenient to yeah. an extent. Like, uh, I don't know how to articulate, articulate it without, without sounding a bit stupid, but I'll try. Um, you always sound so stupid, you're fine. 
lost lungs. That's exactly what I needed. Boost my ego. Um, so like with with the Black Lives Matter movement, obviously it's it's so global now as it should be. And like the Black Lives Matter movement deserves all the attention it's getting and so much more. But I feel like at least in Australia, it's a lot easier for people to hop on because like one, you know, it doesn't allow, it doesn't mean you have to confront your own issues necessarily because you're focusing on America. And two, because I feel like it's a lot, not easier, but people profit off or enjoy black culture in America a lot more than they want to recognize and, you know, pay respects to culture on like, Australian soil, if that makes any agreed, sense. Agreed, totally. yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because when you rap that, you can be like, you know, for like your, it's for your favorite black rapper or like your favorite black actor, all that shit. But if you're going to talk about it here, you have to confront, you know, your position as a settler. You have to confront the fact that like indigenous people here have been so disenfranchised for so long, they haven't had the opportunity to like build a culture as is. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I knew Australia wasn't ready for it when the whole Adam Goods thing happened. Like, you know, like in terms of his sports career, he is actually will go down in history as one of the greatest footballers ever to play, right? Not for only what he did, like not only the team stuff that he did, but individually, right? But to see, to see the how he's like for me personally, to see how he came, he was thrown out of the game for repping his culture and being true to who he was, and the criticism, just like it, it, it was this, it, it it brings me back to the same thing about the whole Colin Kaepernick thing, where people. Yeah, Americans think he was trying to, he was taking an aid because he was disrespecting the military and the flag, which is completely, he actually told, like he told people why I'm kneeling. But people wanted to brush over that, just like they do here in Australia in terms of brushing over the actual struggle of the indigenous people. And like, we just want to celebrate you for the good shit that you give and the money we make off you, but you can take your shit somewhere else. And I, I feel like that's where Australia's at, especially white Australia's, that they just, like, they need to have a come to Jesus moment. But I knew that I, I, I thought there were elements of like progress, progressing to that place. But ever since that happened, it's just like, no, like this is something that you're always going to throw under the, the carpet and hide away. And, you know, it's, it's sad that, you know, I, mind you, I love Australia. And I still, I, I, I think it's the best country in the world. But it could be so much better and probably the greatest country in the world if they actually confront their own history and the struggle of like, and you know, in saying that, it's, man, okay, I'm going to cry soon, so I'm just going to like cut it there before I can wait to do some deep shit. But yeah, I don't know. I'm just frustrated by it. It annoys me. Yeah, like, that, like that's so 
you know, like that's so valid. And I feel like a lot of people feel that way because it's so easy to, you know, like perform compassion when the object of your compassion is halfway around the world, you know, but when you're being called to, you know, give that same compassion to people that are in your backyard, you know, people whose soil you're on, you know, and there's a lot of, you know, hesitancy or like downright refusal to do that. I think, you know, and I think it's also like, like there's so, you know, obviously, you know, we're not going to solve this in this conversation, but like, or maybe we will, who knows, you know, <laughs> like it's so many things that make it so difficult for Black Lives, Ma- Black Lives to matter in Australia. And I feel like so much discourse, like so much, not just discourse, so much global understanding of race and what race is and of like, you know, racism and white supremacy is exclusively told and understood through an American lens, you know? And that's just the nature of, you know, not just colonization, but U.S. imperialism and the way, like, the United States just operates as a superpower, not just militarily, not just economically, but intellectually, you know, through, like, educational, like, institutions. Like, our understanding of race is almost exclusively American. So that's why when we talk about Black Lives Matter, you know, everyone just understands Blackness through the lens of, you know, America, and they fail to take into consideration that Black Lives Matter here too, you know. Like, Black Lives have literally been on this continent for 60,000 years. But because, like, there's just you know, a failure to understand it, a refusal to understand it, just so many obstacles put in place of, like, trying to understand it. It's just, you know, this, like, a compound effect of all of these things that just emboldens white supremacy in Australia specifically. So, yeah, it's just, like, super frustrating because, you know, when, like, when we try to have conversations about black lives mattering it's super easy to do it in the context of places like america and australia because black lives and black people are the minority so the way they experience white supremacy is very acute and very overt right but then if we just look at you know, places like Africa or back home, like in the islands, you know, we're still, you know, recovering from colonization, you know? I mean, like, hot take, but fucking independence is a lie, bitch. Come for me. But, like, you know, colonization never ended. It's, like, an ongoing thing. So, like, I feel like Black Lives Matter is just super... Like, I feel like it's only just the starting point now, you know? I feel like Black Lives Matter started as a response to police brutality, you know? And it's still about police brutality because police brutality is the most acute form of white supremacy and anti-Blackness, like, meeting 
that people can recognize that that's fucked up, you know? But, you know, when it's more subtle things like education or whatever, that's when it becomes, like, kind of problematic. So, yeah. I'll ask a question, right? Do you reckon... Do you reckon if, if in the current environment that we're in, if things with what's going on in the US in terms of all the legislative change, the defunding of the police and putting those funds into other, um, other resources, other community resources and all things like that, do you reckon that will have a ripple effect here? Like, do you think, like, do you think Australia is almost waiting, like, to see what goes on in there and then sort of adopt that same model? Because that's what Australia does that too often, is that they wait and see what goes on around the world. It's like, okay, well, you know, we'll champion this now because, you know, it's like the it thing to do. Um, do, you, do, you reckon, do you reckon that will be sort of the ripple effect? I, I mean, like I, you know, like I said, bit of an idiot. I don't know enough about like Australia's, you know, history when it comes to their policy, both foreign and domestic. Mm. Like, I don't really know enough of that, specifically in the context of responding to, like, social movements or, like, legislative shifts overseas. But, um, yeah, like, I really don't know because, like, I feel like Australia's race problem isn't comparable to the race problem in the U.S. because they're just so different. Mm, mm. Like, like they're not, like, they're completely different things, you know? And I don't believe in, like, the structures that exist at, as is, you know? Like, I don't believe in, like, changing the system from within. Like, that's complete bullshit. Like, bitch, I tried that. I tried that so many times. I ran in an election earlier this year. You know, like, I did so much shit because I recognized that my student organization had a huge problem with ableism and racism and just, like, not representing their disabled students very well. And I was just like, look, I'm disabled. I know what needs to be done. I'm going to run on this platform. And like also this, you know, they have a sh terrible history with sexual assault and sexual harassment. And that's something I want to end. So I'm like, I'm going to enter the system. I'm going to change it from the inside. And then I lost to a girl that said retarded <laughs> twice in her official campaign materials. And when I filed and like when I filed a complaint, they said, "Oh, she said she's sorry, so we're fine." Like that, like and that—that's not the first time that happened. I've run in like two other elections previously to fix the same problem on similar, like on smaller scales, but still, that shit didn't work. I was. Real, like I was the most suitable for the position in every single election I've run in. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that just comes from, you know, like being queer, being black, being all of these things. Like you, you make sure you're the best at something before you even try it. Like I, like I was the best choice. I was the most obvious choice. 
but because you know these like the system was fucking like it wasn't built for me to succeed in like i didn't have a chance you know and like that's literally what happens at every single stage of politics like it's easy to be like oh like you don't know anything this is student politics but this is literally what happens at every stage this is what happens at a local level this is what happens at a state level this is what happens on a federal level like like there's like you know tear the fucking system down my dudes yeah. fucking anarchy 2020 well to your point even i mean like fucking you know you would have thought obama would have been able to change some shit he couldn't even do it and he was fucking president of the fucking states like 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 black faces in high places don't do shit you know like obama a black man literally held the most powerful office in the world couldn't do anything you know and like like obviously i'm not gonna you know sit here and like suck his dick obama was shit he did some really awful things like you know he bombed fucking so many innocent brown people in the middle east he like locked up so many people at the border like some like he did so much fucked up shit but even if he was good he couldn't do anything Mm -hmm. and like before like fucking the democrats chose like an alleged uh, journalist me coming in an alleged rapist as their nominee the best person to like be nominated was like either bernie sanders or Elizabeth Warren. And even then they sucked, you know? Like they weren't even left. They were barely left, you know? Mm. They were center left at best, you know? Like that like if you just look at them now, like Bernie wouldn't have defunded the police. And everyone was just like, oh my God, he's you know, like he's what we need. No, he isn't. And also like the United States of America as an institution is literally a fascist regime. Like that's what, and so is Australia. Mm. If you build your country on stolen land and perpet- and like perpetuate its, you know, growth on stuff like genocide and slave labor and, you know, so many human rights abuses, there is no way that you can be, you know, a good system. You know, mm. sorry for like my fucking like anarchist rant, but like, <laughs> like I'm like I literally don't believe that systems can change for the better if the systems are oppressing you to begin with. All right, let me. I'll ask you both a question, right? Okay. Do you walk out the door shielded? Every day, like, do you, you before, like, as as much as you put on, you know, you have your shower, you put on your clothes, you're also putting on this guard. Like, do you do it consciously, subconsciously, or do you go out sort of thinking, well, today is going to be, you know, sort of like the the feeling of like, you know, with when I just hear like some American, like African Americans say, like. I go out thinking that I'm going to get targeted today for something. Like, do you guys, like, do you subconsciously think that every day is going to be that type of day or do you, like, 
Is it, is it something? I think I feel it some days more than others. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like the days when I don't do it is when I really get caught off guard. Um, weirdly enough, like I remember like this one time last year, I was literally like on the way to like fucking Woolworths. That's like five minutes near my house. And I had like this little one, of, like the reusable bags you can get from Woolies. And got a bunch of stuff. I don't know, I was at the checkout. And I was scanning things. And this lady at Woolies like stood behind me and watched me scan shit. Um, and then I was just like looking at her and I was like, hello, what can I do for you? And when I finished scanning, she counted everything in my bag and then looked on the screen to make sure that like everything matched up. And I was just like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not trying to steal anything. And she was like, no, 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 I'm just checking. And I was like, do you see the number of other people here and you're not going to check anyone else here? I didn't say that out loud because I was like so like shook out my brain. Then I got home and I was like, I literally woke up, decided I wanted to like bake cookies because I want fucking cookies today. I went to the Woolies and this happened. Like, wow. Like that's like that's literally it. When I don't, it's like, like when I don't prep myself for it, that's when it happens. Mm. You know, like, or maybe like when I do prep myself for it, I'm better equipped to deal with it or whatever. Yeah. Like literally, like that hit so hard for me because one one night, bitch, just craving some nugs, wanted some nuggets, got out of bed at two a.m. Walked to Macca's, got my nugs, ate them there because didn't want to take trash home. Walking home, you know, like 2.30, close to 3 in the morning, you know, my mistake, I was wearing a hoodie and I had headphones in. Literally walking home, mind you, I live on campus at UNSW. So I was walking through campus and then out of the corner of my eye, I just see like red and white, like red and um, blue lights like flashing. And at first I didn't think much of it because I'm on the same road as like Prince of Wales Hospital. So Ambo's, you know, I'm so Australian. Ambulances like drive up and down this road. But then like I didn't see drive past. So I turn around and there were cops and they like motion me over and motion that I take my headphones out. And like I go over and they're like, oh, we're just checking on you. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes. And I was like, like I, ne- I don't know. Like I was just so gripped with fear. I was like, oh, fuck. Like something could happen. Yeah. You know? Right. So this one, so I always walk home after I get off the train. This has happened. This happened twice within two weeks. Where, like, it's I'm, I'm I mean, I'm being maybe being over fucking drunk, but everyone on this street probably knows who we are, right? Or have at least seen us, right? So they know that there's fucking black people that live on this street. Is walking, walk, coming back down the street. This lady was unpacking her groceries, and this this is a sort of subtle shit that I really hate. Looks back, I've got my, my, my jacket on, got headphones, and I'm just walking. And from it, like, 50 metres up, I see her. She's unpacking her car with all the groceries. Turns her head, sees me walking, literally wait till I walk past. 
to then continue packing up those shit. It's the same like your expensive, like every time I walk into a shop and try and buy something, there's either, I know that there's like some fucking dude hovering around or like mm-hmm. says hello to you like four times to see you know, like what you're doing when you just sit like having a browse and shit or like you go to the, the train station. We did a, I did a test for one of my units a couple of years ago where in the space of half an hour, you get off the train in your, in my so-called work clothes. Don't get, don't get asked like or bothered by the station police. As soon as we got, I got out, you get into the car, got changed into like normal stuff, like a hoodie and stuff, walk back. This was in, within half an hour. Got stopped twice and said, they come for a conversation. Like, oh, what's going on? Like, where are you off to? Mind you, like, this is, you, you fucking, you'd recognize a face if you'd see that the only, that, you know, you'd remember who you are in the last fucking 10 minutes. But yeah, man, like, every, I walk out knowing that something's going to happen. Which is actually really shit. Like, and it sucks that like I'm at some stage having going to have to like have this same discussion with my little son about like you gotta have to be conscious of the shit, which really fucking makes me upset. But you know, until shit changes, nothing changes. I don't know. Like, I've kind of. It's kind of shit, but I've lost count. Like I've, I feel like most of the times I've been harassed in the city, it's always because I'm queer. For some reason, like what, like once I was literally, like I was literally like wearing, like I was wearing lipstick and I think like, like a flower, like on my ear, and like this, you know peak islander culture standing in kfc waiting for my fried chicken and then this bitch just kept coming up to me and she kept saying like hey sister what's that on your face and she kept like she kept like doing that and i was just like bitch you're a full foot shorter than me i could end you <laughs> like oh my god but I was just like, fuck. So like, I was like, no, she's a white lady. I'll get in trouble if I fuck with her. So I was just like, I just let her just like go on her shit until they called my number. And I was like, thank you for this singer. I'm out. Yeah, I've done the same yeah. thing as you, right? Where I've just sat out the front of the house, just like sat there on the phone, just, and the cops pull up. And they're just like, oh, hey, how's everything going? And you ask them like, what? Yeah, great. What do you want? I oh, know we just, you know, are you alright? Do you need help? I was like, man, you can fuck off. Like, I know what you stop. Like, not stupid. No, 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 no. We, you know, we're just checking up on your health. Like, I didn't fucking like, call for the ambulance, mate. Like, what the hell? Yeah, you know, you like, it, <laughs> I get, I get frustrated when that shit happens because I really want to go at them. Yeah, but then oh. it's like. Mate, just keep moving the fuck on. Like, you know, there's a reason why you stop. And if you're not going to admit it to me, get, like, I, I, to a point, it's like, fuck, I don't even want to talk to you. Like, please yeah. move the fuck on. I was, literally, like, I was literally going to buy bubble tea the other day. Don't come for me if you're listening. Um, and, like, I crossed the road, and I'm, like, walking, 
and then like a cop pulls up right next to me like a, a cop car and they're just like hey do you mind if we talk to you for a second and I'm like and I'm like this is like broad daylight so I have the audacity so I, you know this is like midday 12 p.m. people are around me this is on a main road like my university's right there like bitch I had the time I was like why like like what do you need they're just like oh we need to talk and I'm like oh they're like oh we just want to talk to you and I'm like oh about what and they said oh sir can you just like walk to the side and then you know mm. and we'll have a bit of a chat and I was like fuck okay. and I said okay like I wasn't being nice to them I was like I'm not gonna fucking code switch for you bitches mm. like you know I was like fine um so I walked and one of the cops get like gets out of the car to walk with me. So like he walks me. So like this is the main road, and there's like a, a side like a side road that goes off. So he walks me to the corner, and like the drive like you know the copper that's driving just turns around and parks there. And then him and the other cop in the backseat get out. So I'm like surrounded by three cops. And then they're just like, oh, we're just like checking up on people. And I'm like, what's this about? And he's like, oh, don't worry, I have my body camera on. He's like, don't worry, I have my body camera on. Um, holy shit, like, now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, oh, this was fucked up. Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> the, fuck did the fuck they even said that? Like, oh, fuck. Yeah, right. He's like, don't worry, I have my body camera on. I'm like, okay, like, what do you need? And he's just like, oh, do you have any ID on you? And I'm like, no. He's like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like, oh, well, I live here. I was just going, I mean, I lied. I was like, I was just going to go pick up, you know, some noodles because I'm not going to tell him I'm going to get bubble tea. You know, I don't want to look like a weak bitch. So he was just like, oh, okay, like, do you live around here? And I'm like, yeah, literally right there. And I point to my building. And then he's just like, oh, okay, like, what's your name? And then I tell him my name. And because they're white as fuck, I have to spell it out for them because they're incompetent pigs. And then they put me into their little, like, system. And they're like, oh, is this your address? I'm like, yes, it is. And they're like, oh, thank you. I'm like, can I go? And they're just like, yeah. And I'm like, what was this for? And they're just like, oh, no, this was just like, you know, we're just, like, checking up on people. And I'm like, yeah, sure you were. Jesus. Yeah. I'm, I'm never like that. I couldn't. I'm like, I literally, like, and I don't, mind you, I don't know, like, all the rights and whatever. Like, I just go off, like, yeah, no, you don't have the right to, like, ask for my thing on this. Like, I literally just get it from watching cops. Like, and I say that ignorantly. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, nah. You don't like what are you what are you doing? Why you don't have a right? I don't really be a dick, just because it's fun. Like I'm over that type of shit. So I don't know how you held it together. Like fuck. Oh, I it is mostly fear. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because like I mean, like Adobe knows me. I would mm-hmm. never be that nice to anyone that had the audacity mm-hmm. to ruin my trip to get some fucking bubble tea because I was having a shit day. And they just made it worse. That's what I mean, man. Like, people of color, like, like, it's shit that, that is even that, that fear of, like, not wanting to speak up to an authority figure or whatever. 
for the sake yeah. of like it may then escalate into something else. Even yeah, though you're in the right, is like a real thing, yeah, and it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that shit was so fucked. Like, now that I'm thinking about it. And if you're listening and watching, fuck you. Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. That's really fucking scary. A lot of, I I don't know if um, this applies to, but I've noticed, like, with my family, it's always, like, the younger, like, black men that get policed a lot more. I think it's that whole idea of, like, Black, male, black males being like looked at as threatening and so on and so on. Um, but my younger cousins, like all my Fijian side who live here in Sydney, um, they're all like like air shades. I don't know if you guys you guys know what that is, yeah. You explained it to me. I think I like like they're like like they're lads. Like they wear like the Gucci bum bags uh, and like yeah. the you know all that stuff. So yeah, like that. Um, they were all at the Easter show. This is like three years ago when they were all like. 16, 16, 16, and they were all outside. Like, the Easter show is fucking huge. It's held at, like, Olympic Park. Like, thousands of people go. And they were in, like, this group of, like, eight or nine boys, like, waiting outside, like, just fucking around. And, like, the police come up, and they're like, you need to, like, disperse. Like, you know, um, you guys are, like, being really shady, blah, blah, and they're just like, what are you fucking talking about? We're all standing here at this fucking carnival. Like, what what are you, what are you doing? And like, it got really out of hand because they were all kind of just like, you can't do that. Like, this is messed up. And like, it got really messy, but it was like, just this whole idea, like you literally just can't exist. Like you have to put on this like front before you do anything is fucked. And so unfair and so disheartening. It's that whole fucking, like, systemic white thing. It's, like, they've been made to look at, like, at us as stereotypes. as like, you're only violent. You're only, like, you know. It, yeah. yeah, it's literally, like, you know, like, I'm immediately clocked, you know, tall black man with a beard, like, shit like that. You know, it's just, oh, my God. Like, this shit gets so exhausting. Like, um, I don't know. It's just like, I, it's really weird because sometimes, like, this sounds really shitty to say, but sometimes I try to quote unquote soften like my appearance by like, you know, like just like doing more feminine things to the way I present, like, wearing makeup, like, wearing more feminine clothes, shit like that. And I'm like, okay, well, this makes me seem less of a threat to people, but it also makes me more of a target. Like, like I remember once I was at fucking Darling Harbor, and this, like, white guy kept following me. Like, I was walking with a bunch of friends. Like, I thought I was okay, but this white guy kept following me, and, like, he wouldn't leave after we were like like leave us alone and i was like walking with a bunch of girls so i thought he was like trying to like harass like harass them but then i kind of fell behind and then like he comes up next to me and he's just like oh just let me fuck you and i'm like dude what the fuck oh my god yeah fuck dude like 
like, you can't win. I'm like, okay, I soften my appearance so I don't look like the quote-unquote angry black man. But, like, by doing that, I make myself look like a fucking faggot. You can go and hate crime. Like, what? <laughs> like, there's no winning, man. Like, this is why I stay home. I was going to ask, like, until this is the boat he wrote. So, uh, with you being black and gay, right? How, like, how, like, I, because you, like you said, it's almost like you can't win anyway. Yeah. Right? And, like, I do, like, in terms of, like, I mean, I don't, like, your relationships or whatever with people. Have you ever dated, like, white people? Do you ever feel like you, like... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's rolling his eyes. <laughs> it's like, what, what, it's, did I, what, what? Oh, my God. I, I, I dated one white boy when I was 14. Oh, we, I all remember, like you... we all remember. Um, oh, anyway, sorry. Oh, his, he was, his name was George. He was Kiwi. I was 14. Like, I don't feel like it was yeah. that messy. It was yeah, fine. It was... You were fine. Um, no. But Dylan didn't even get to finish his question. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, no. I wasn't rolling my eyes at the question. I was like, because like that's such a valid question. It I was is. just rolling my eyes at the answer because it's fucked, dude. Yeah. Like, oh my God. Like, it's so like racism in the like gay male community is so bad. Like, that shit is so bad. Like, there's literally a guy that, like, messages, like, he's just, um, like, he messages me, like, oh, like, give me a big black cock. Like, on dating apps. And he's not the first. He's, like, he's not the first. Like, so many guys have, like, hit me with that, like, racist, like, stereotype shit. And it's always, like, and every time, like, because, you know, because of, like, racial stuff and because, you know, I'm, you know, not a fucking twink, you know, he, he, guys don't always show interest in me. And, like, when they do, you know, at first I was like, oh, this is sick. But now I'm, like, sus immediately. I'm like, okay, what's up? You know, like, I know I'm, like, I know I'm hot, but are you here because I'm black? Because if that's it, you can take a fucking hike, Brad, mm. because, yeah. like... It's so like I've like I've never had a boyfriend, like or a girlfriend. Um, straight women are fucked as well. But like, I've no offense to be so sorry. Um, <laughs> no straight white women, let me say. But like, I haven't dated anyone because it's just so like hot out here. Like date like dating while black is so complicated when you're gay. And, like, when you're, like, plus-sized as well, like, that shit is, like, fucked, you know? Like, my last ex, the guy, like, the guys with last year, like, he treated me like shit. But I was like, oh, because he's interested in me for the right reasons, let me stick around, you know? So it is just, like, you know, obviously, like, that's not going to happen again. But... You know, I talk to so many people, like, on average. I don't know if this is a gay thing. Like, let me know. But, like, on average, I'm talking to, like, you know, three or four people at once. And 
Um, I think the I, I think the the straight people would call that as a a player. Is that right? Do no no. Uh, you guys have just you know been going to church too long. No, look, um, I, I, look I, 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 I'm not gonna hide. Like I do that as well. So I'm not the perfect. I'm not judging. Just, yeah, no, I was just talking shit. Like I, so like, but like I, you know, I, you know, it never goes further just because like, you know, like I have a like I have an actual vetting process. I'm just like, you're not a fucking Nazi, are you? And then like I have to like make sure that they're down for the cause, that they're down for Black Lives Matter, you know, and like, you know, that shit's hard, like. Barely anyone ever, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're, you're, you're like, you're fighting two battles at two fronts, right? Yeah. And then it's not just the systemic stuff; it's the interpersonal stuff and like the whole cultural yeah. stuff, right? That's why I was like interested in, um, in sort of your like take on it and do in terms of like how you approach like your relationships, like. It's like, is it white? Definitely not in the cards for like, and not going to marry a white person. Um, or like, I, I don't know. Actually, I feel like if you'd asked me this question three years ago, I would have been like, oh yeah, racism really isn't a big thing to me. But now, when I really think about it, I'm like, marrying someone like Fijian or Ghanaian is so much easier because there's just so much stuff I don't have to explain to you. Yes. Um, that being said, there are also lots of issues within the culture. Um, but, you know, like um, tradition and heritage and stuff is like something I don't have to explain. So you consciously think about relationships in that sense as like... Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not the best person to ask because I'm perpetually single. But... Um, in my experience, and Lungol can um, back me up on this, the people I have chosen to date have not been great. Uh, <laughs> the the last person, the last person I dated, he he was like he was a pop, he was Korean, but um, he oh my god, so much like really gross like fetishization and like so weird. But like there was this particular instance where he had moved to Melbourne and I hadn't moved to Sydney yet. And he was like, Oh, like I've been playing basketball. He's with like all these like Sydney guys. I was like, Oh, cool. And then he started like throwing like the N word at me, like casually in conversation. And I was just like, what are you like? Yeah. Shut up. Like, what are you trying to say? And he was like, no, no, like they've given me a pass. And I was like, it doesn't matter if they've given you a pass. You can't say that point blank period. And he was like, but like, the only reason why you're so defensive is because all your experiences with the word have been negative. Like it doesn't have to be negative. And I was like, why are you trying to explain this to me? Like what position do you think you have to explain this to me? Yeah. yeah. But my, my experience since is I've been guys who have this really, really weird fetish or guys who are like, Oh, but you're, you're not, you're not really black. Um, yeah, right. It's always between those two. I've noticed. So Yeah. I, I feel like I definitely think about like culture and race like before anything else mm-hmm. when it comes to like relationships and stuff. Yeah, like because like I've literally made the choice to move out of Sydney once I'm done with uni because like I can't date here, you know? And like dating, like I don't mind dating, like it's fine, whatever. 
you know, like, I'm a slut, we all knew this. But, like, you know, like, I'll, like, I'll sleep with whoever as long as, you know, you're not a Nazi and, you know, you're relatively leftist. But, you know, if I'm going to, like, have kids with you, the bar's so much higher, you know? Like, I don't think I'd able to... I, I, I don't think I'd be able to, like you know, have a family with a white person. My uncle, um, my mom's father, married a Palangi lady. Um, two Palangi ladies. No. Anyway, second one, um, who I grew up around. Um, like, I, I don't even know how to explain it, really, but there was this particular, like, incident that really pissed me off. We were all um, at my grandparents' house. And, like, my like my mom and my cuckoo, like, they didn't they like they speak english but it's like when we're all together we're gonna speak fijian because like that's our fucking language and so she would like sit in the room and just kind of like stare into space and we'd all be talking and then he'd like translate to her like every once in a while and then it get it got to the point where she was like um guys excuse me no you want to speak english because i don't know like i don't understand what's happening here like i want to be included and she was sitting there thinking like just shut up. Like, no one here is talking about you. I don't get how white people think because other people talk their own language. It somehow makes them so uncomfortable. I I don't get it. I just, I've never understood, like, I've just never understood why they get so uncomfortable with people talking their language. It's fucking annoying. Like, it's, yeah. it's because it shifts the power balance away from them. Mm-hmm. Because, like, they're no longer, like, they don't have, like, the interpersonal, like, conversational capital to throw around their entitlement. Yeah, right, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like just on what you were saying, like, I grew up a lo- around a lot of kids with, you know, eth- one ethnic parent and a, you know, and a white parent. And that shit just looked disastrous. Like, there's so many layers. Like, one, like, I, like, I knew people that grew up with a parent that just didn't give a shit about, you know, their partner's culture. I can't have a partner like that. I also have friends, like, to this day with, like, their entire white part of their family's racist. No, that's not on with me. Like, I'm not going to, like, have a kid if half of their entire family is going to hate them because of, you know, how they look. Like, that's just not on for me. And also, like, if you flip that, like, if I do have a kid, let's say I marry, like, a very pretty upper-class white girl, and we have a baby, and she's super light-skinned, you know, what if I, what if I go out with my, my kid, and my kid, like, runs off, and I'm like, hey, I need to find my kid, you know, and then when I find her, they're like, oh, she's not your kid, you know, because, like, I'm too dark to be her dad. And then I'm just like, no, she is. Like, what do I need to do? Get my white wife here to validate that shit? Yeah. You know, like, there's so many layers. So, like, you know, if you're listening to this and, you know, you, know, you want to hit it, I'm down. But, like, you know, if you want me to get you pregnant, there's a whole application process I feel like I don't know maybe it's because we're like people of color but my cultural heritage is like such an integral part to a relationship like or at yeah. least a long term one I don't know I, I like 
I made a, a, a decision early. Like, I, was like, I, I just don't think I could. I won't fit with a white person. Regard, like, you could look like Kim Kardashian for like from the kid. Like, I just, I don't have the time, or I don't want to spend the rest of my life having to teach you about something that you should not like. Not necessarily my culture, but the whole background of like black culture and the struggle and understanding like type of conversations that you would have to have with your children that you can't be a part of that I'm going to have to lead like and understanding that there's some things that you're not just going to like I I won't ever I just made it I was like that my um a friend of mine a friend of mine who's Tongan she was telling me about like some of her cousins I don't remember if they live in the UK if they live in America but um one of the girls is like internalized so much like like white supremacy that like whenever her friends whenever her friends come over from like uni she like makes her friend like take down like all like their tongue and flags like up in their house like all like the mafia and stuff they've got on display and then when her friends leave again they put it back up which i think is like fucking insane Okay, so I'm going to wrap it up. To people that are watching slash listening, thanks so much for tuning in. Um, the fact that you've made it this far, honestly legendary. Um, in conclusion, ACAB. Yeah, in conclusion, ACAB, Black Lives Matter. Um, only fuck white people for fun, not for procreation. Just kidding, that's my own thing. Like, feel <laughs> free to disagree. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Um, Educate yourself. Yeah. Educate yourself. Yeah. If you're white and listening to this, being silent ain't enough. Having a black friend or whatever ain't enough. Educate yourself. Yeah, fucking a hot black guy with neon green hair, not enough. <laughs> Feel free to do that, but you need to do more. Um, also, so huge thank you to Adobe and Dylan for being my first guest ever and for being really great on the podcast. Um, yeah. Do, is there? Is there? Is there anything you guys want to plug where people can follow you on stuff? If you don't want, that's fine. Uh, yeah, join in on our roundtables. We're having one the week, 10 Fiji roundtables, hashtag. Uh, and just, yeah, come learn some shit. Come talk some shit mm. if you want. And come see some shady people. Um, at WolfgramD, that's my Twitter, and it's Bullagram on IG. So, all good. Thanks for having me, bro. It's actually really good. And learn some people, educate yourself. You fucking ignorant people. Yeah. Adubi, do you want to plug anything or do you want to stay relatively... Um, I don't know. I feel quite low-key. Um, support your local mob. Do some research in your areas. Donate to some shit. David Dungay Jr. Fund, for example. Um, a lot of stuff you can donate to. So yeah, do your research and um, practice what you preach. Yeah, that's all plug. And if you want to find me um, on Instagram at Lamolwakina, on Twitter at Lamolwakina, and nowhere else. Um, am I on anything else? Oh, I'd say follow me on TikTok, but my two accounts have been shadow banned because apparently white gays can show their nipples, but black gays can't. So. 
fuck that. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. Um, remember, ACAB, um, do research, and, you know, fucking Black Lives Matter, bitch. Rochina for Your Thoughts is a podcast by Longwell Production. This episode was produced, filmed, and hosted by me, Longwell Rochina. It was edited by Danny Stewart and was scored by Richard Rochina. Special thanks to Danny for editing this episode and to Richard for our incredible theme music. This podcast was filmed, recorded, and produced on the lands of the Bidjigal, Gadigal, and Wurundjeri people. Podcasts by Lungal acknowledges that Wakina for Your Thoughts was made on what always was and always will be Aboriginal land.